It's all right, ladies and gentlemen. You've come to the right place. You haven't made a mistake. I'm sitting up here in a Harrod suit. <laughs> collar and tie. And I'm going to demonstrate enlightenment, the rarest individualized state of consciousness on the earth. It's the rarest individualized state of consciousness and therefore nobody knows what enlightenment is except the enlightened. And because nobody knows what it is, it's led to the popular misconception that you have to have a begging bowl and an orange robe to be enlightened or live in a cave in the Himalayas or at least, and come out of the East. When the only prerequisite for enlightenment is that you be an ordinary man or woman. To be an ordinary man or woman is the rarest state of consciousness on earth. So you will see from that that enlightenment being the rarest state of consciousness on earth, every man and woman, if they would only be their ordinary natural selves, would be enlightened. And we wouldn't need the Eastern masters running around confusing us and saying they're going to enlighten us when I haven't met anyone yet, that they've enlightened. Because it is rubbish no one can enlighten you but you can hear enlightenment speak and tell you the truth so your job tonight if I might tell you your job without telling you anything is to just listen and see if I speak the truth listen as an ordinary man or woman please the reason that you have lost your enlightenment is that you are no longer ordinary. You're no longer natural. Your brain is filled up with all sorts of ideas even about what it is to be enlightened. You know all about the spiritual path when I tell you there is no spiritual path. So every idea about a spiritual path has cluttered your brain and you've lost your innocence because you know something. And an ordinary man or woman, the rarest state on this earth, is to know nothing. That is enlightenment. And to live it uninterrupted every moment. Thus, enlightenment means I have no problems I have no worries I am not anxious nor fearful I am just an ordinary man or woman now it's impossible to give a lecture on enlightenment enlightenment has to be demonstrated in your experience. 
So I am going to demonstrate enlightenment to you in your experience. Now obviously, if anything is in demonstrated in your experience, you must already know it, mustn't you? So you won't hear anything about Sat Guru, you won't hear anything about Sat Purusha, Nirvana, Satori, and all the rest of the highfalutin Eastern words that don't mean one single thing to you, except to entertain you, mystify you, and completely and utterly confuse you and burden you, not enlighten you. You will hear me speak the straight, wonderful, glorious truth as it is said, pass me the jam, please, at the breakfast table. For I am the master of the West. That's another difficult thing to take, isn't it? I know what I am doing and I know what I am saying and I know all about enlightenment and about everything that I need to know because I am in the divine consciousness. Right? No mystery about that. I'm an ordinary man. Every ordinary man and woman's right is to be in this state. That's fair enough, isn't it? Nothing special about it, except that it's extraordinary in these times. But I am here to teach you how to be ordinary. That's all. And you thought you were ordinary, didn't you? Right. And as we go on, I will elaborate on that, right? But first I would like to talk about the phony enlightenment. See, you can often find the truth by finding what's false. If you can put the spotlight on what's false, and of course as soon as you see something that's false, you say, well, I don't want that, I'll chuck that out. And you keep chucking out what's false. When you run out of what's false, lo and behold, there's the truth. It's like in yourself. When you get rid of what's false in you, when you get rid of all the knowledge, all the things you know about Jesus Christ and Buddha and the spiritual path, and all that you know about heaven and the future and what is good and what is right and what is true, all those concepts, if we can only chuck all of those out, do you know what we'll find underneath? An ordinary man or woman, an enlightened state of consciousness. Now the phony enlightenment, right? Well, as a matter of fact, it starts here. This building, I understand, was built by the Victorians as a memorial, a celebration of the Enlightenment. Now the Enlightenment, as I understand it, was the period in the 18th and 17th century in which man suddenly discovered that by using his reason, you know, this thing up here between, between the ears, in the brain, using his reason up there, that man could, so someone told him, I don't know who started it, but at any rate, someone told him that by using his reason, this is in the 18th and 17th century, right? 17th, 18th, and this place was built apparently in the 19th century, 1850 or something like that. Someone told him that by using his reason, he could find freedom, fulfillment, 
or first of all knowledge freedom and happiness knowledge freedom and happiness he could find by using his reason so they celebrated you know for 200 years they apparently went around saying isn't it great if we use our reason we'll get knowledge freedom and happiness and they must have convinced someone because they built this building 200 years later to it now let's look at the fact of this enlightenment let's look at the fact of it as ordinary man and woman that's all we've got isn't it that's all I've got it wasn't long after that the crushing World War I came and the good men of Germany and France and England walked backwards and forwards being killed in their millions maimed in their hundreds of thousands out of this enlightenment right great you know reason worked it all out so they went to war and killed the best of the nations young right great enlightenment and it's supposed to have enlightened art and politics and religion well where's all the enlightened ones all the problems of the world are just as bad the poor what happened to them in this enlightened age where did their happiness and knowledge where did it go when this wonderful building was built did the poor disappear because of this enlightenment did they find their happiness did it make any difference whatever except to add to the problems that are keeping you from being enlightened because you believe such rubbish like the renaissance another age of enlightenment of man all it meant was if you bash your head against the wall and suddenly stop you feel enlightened because this crucifying Christian church had held man in such a terror such a terror of torture of men and women and children and psychological imprisonment for hundreds of years locked up man's freedom in a dogma that when it was suddenly released he said look we're going to paint we can paint something else but icons you know virgin marys and things we can paint some beautiful earth we can make some statues of the wonder of life and not have to bow down to an atrocious thing that puts men and women on the psychological rack and physical rack and tortures them in the name of God well when you break out of such a thing as that you get an enlightened period and it swept through Europe as they said finish with you lot in your monasteries controlling my beautiful mind right those are the phony enlightenments because they enlighten nobody for enlightenment is indeed knowledge freedom and no more worries or problems ever any day any night not just this year not just this day that's what enlightenment is but first you have to become ordinary again now in the beginning in your brain now this brain that you use and everyone uses in the beginning 
in that brain is the state of enlightenment, the natural state of being yourself, an ordinary man or woman. Don't try to use your imagination, please. You don't have to. But it is the state of enlightenment because you cannot imagine the state of enlightenment because it's free of all problems. And it's free of all imagination as a sense of trying to conceive something. So you can't conceive it. Just please listen, because it is your state. I can talk to that. In your brain now is the enlightened state. And around it, like a cocoon, has gathered all your belief in the other enlightenment, the phony enlightenment of art and politics and religion and science that has solved nothing but given you a cotton wool around your natural, beautiful, ordinary self. So you have become a belief in something. Would you please have a look at this? Because I've got to demonstrate your enlightenment to you. And it means that you have to start looking inside yourself just to confirm what I'm saying if it is the truth. If it's a lie, good. Well, get up and leave and I wouldn't blame you at all. But if it's the truth, then you must stay, mustn't you? Because if it's the truth, even if it hurts, it doesn't matter. As long as you know it's the truth. And I tell you, you know the truth. Because you are already enlightened, but you cannot realize it because you know things. So I'm asking you to look inside of you and look at what you believe in to start with. Because if you believe in anything, you'll never be enlightened. For to be enlightened is to know, not to believe. That's the very character of enlightenment, I know. But what do I know? I know nothing. As I speak to you now, I know nothing, whatever. I am absolutely vacant. I do not think about what I'm going to say. I could not think of what I have to say. For it comes from the great depth of the divine mind or the divine being within this body, which is only the same as your body, nothing special. And I just speak the truth from there. That is the enlightened state. And because I am enlightened, I help my fellow man and woman to realize that they too are this state. If only they will look and see, what do I believe in? Tomorrow, I tell you, it will be demonstrated to you some belief that you have, and these words will come back to you as an echo. And you will know something that you believe in. And if you don't give it up as being attached to it, as though you knew something, you will get into an argument about it, or you will have a fight about it, or you will go to war about it at the national level. Whatever you believe in will cause you pain, or cause you argument and conflict. Right. So if you get rid of everything that you believe in, meaning I know certain things if I go into my memory from my experience. I know certain things, but I am not attached to them. I let them all go. Now, we don't need anything now to listen to me, do you? I mean, you're an ordinary man and woman when you're with me. 
or I'm an ordinary man. And then we have an intelligent conversation or dialogue between us, even though you're not speaking. You are speaking to me with your silence, aren't you? You're giving to me, and I'm giving to you. And this is an ordinary dialogue of intelligence between us. You don't need to know anything while I speak to you like this, do you? Would you check? You see how beautiful it is? It's a very, very problem-free state. And it's a very creative state, too, because may I ask you this? May I ask you to feel inside your body and see if you feel uh, somewhere in there, not everywhere, perhaps, that uh, this is rather good. Do you start to feel a feeling of, uh, well, I don't believe everything he's saying, but uh, it's rather good. Do you feel that? A feeling of some pleasure, some sort of delight, some sort of recognition that... A recognition? Oh, wait a minute. Recognition suggests something might be in your experience, doesn't it? Because you can't recognize if you haven't already cognized, can you? So if you're getting any pleasure out of this, or you're feeling that you knew it anyway, I told you to start with, you know it anyway. Everything I'm going to say, you know. So you're feeling some recognition, some pleasure, some delight, some... Yes, I know that. Well, then, that is the beginning of enlightenment. To know I know the truth. To know I do not need to believe because I already know. That is the state of enlightenment, but it's got to be uninterrupted, hasn't it? And at present, your enlightenment, whenever it occurs, is interrupted. This is the state of uninterrupted enlightenment the reason that you're here. Now, how are you ever going to recognize enlightenment when it comes upon you, right? It is my job to demonstrate that to you. For I am here for you to recognize and realize this state when it occurs in you. Because, because of all the scientific nonsense and religious nonsense, and all the rest of the nonsense that your brain throws up, you disbelieve yourself. You can't even believe yourself, you know. As soon as you have any real experience, the silly brain of experience and the scientist comes up in you, and the priest, and says, imagination, imagination. You just rationalize yourself out of the truth. Ah, can't be true. Scientists say it's not so. Illumination precedes enlightenment. Do you hear the words? Notice my words, for I use right words. Why? Because I am the Logos. Logos is the energy, the truth behind every word. If I am enlightened, I use right words. I have that eternal gift of being able to describe anything in right words plain, simple, ordinary man and woman language. That is Logos, the energy behind the living world. Illumination precedes enlightenment. What is illumination? We've all heard these words, haven't we? They've bandied around, but what does it mean? So that it means something for you now, right? Not something to think about tomorrow, not some heaven to go to, but to do it now. Because there's only now that we can ever be free. 
And you've got to do it now to see if it's the truth, right? So let's see what illumination is. And there's only one place that you will ever be illumined or enlightened, and that is in that body on that chair. Could we get that straight, please? Could we give up all about Mars and astral traveling? Could we give about all up about ascended masters and communication with other beings somewhere else? Could we give up all the nonsense, all the phantasmagoria of belief, which is not natural, but just normal? Note the different words. What is natural is not normal. And what is normal is certainly not natural because everyone's worried to death and that's not natural, I'll tell you that. To the beginning of illumination is when you can feel in that body some warmth. Would you just check, please? Is there any warmth inside that body? Well, it follows, doesn't it? Illumination would, might begin with a bit of warmth in there, right? Do you have any warmth in that beautiful body sitting on that chair? Do I feel warm? Okay, you my body. Now, we are demonstrating the truth here, aren't we? You see what demonstration is, don't you? You've got to participate. It's not a lecture. It's not going straight into this thing between the ears, is it? I mean, you're participating, aren't you? This is work. This is doing it yourself. Is there any warmth in you? And the next sign of illumination is if there's any good in you. Do you feel any good in you? Another word. Do you feel any sweetness in you? In your body, this body, it's all you've got. It's yours. Do you feel any rightness in it as I speak? Do you feel any response in you to, to the truth that I'm speaking, straight down to earth truth, earth truth? Do you feel a response in you? Well, that's sort of warmth, isn't it? Do you feel that you know a lot of what I'm saying is the truth? And therefore, that will be recognition of your own authority. I know this. And that's warming, isn't it? It's very comforting, very good to know that you know the truth. Do you feel anything like that in that body? That is the beginning of a glow. That is the beginning of illumination. Your body, you will notice, if we use an analogy, the right analogy, which it is, is like an electric light bulb, isn't it? It goes out so often. You look around the world and you say, well, where's all the youth in me gone? <laughs> I'm so young and yet, where's the taste of life gone? Sure, it was there yesterday. You glowed yesterday. It was beautiful and today, the light's gone out, the glow. Feel your body, please. Keep it alight. Don't imagine, for God's sake, don't imagine. There's no need to imagine. This is spontaneous. In there is the deep light of life. You are alive, aren't you? Could we just check that? Right? You know, just to make sure we've got to stay conscious, haven't we? You are alive. There's, is that like past the jam, please? You are alive, right? Now, if you're alive, then there has to be life in you, right? In this body. 
And if there's life in you, there has to be a feeling, doesn't it? Not a thought, a feeling. Have you got the feeling of life in you? And the first feeling of life is, this is good. Well, life is good, isn't it? Could we just confirm that, please? Is life good? Yeah, good, well said, you know? As a response, you see, she couldn't stop it, and someone over here, yes! Because if you had cancer and the doctor says three weeks you've got, you've got to face that because it's coming, isn't it? One way or another, it's going to come that day. Now is it going to come too late? Are you going to realize that life is good? Have you got to wait till you're on your deathbed or lying on the hospital bed to say, why didn't I realize it before? Then I tell you, you'll say, Oh, if only I had my time over again. Well, there's no time over again. You do it now. You die now. Okay. But it's not dying, is it? It's coming to life. I'm asking you, do you feel the life in you? You feel the glow? You feel the good? Now, you know what you're feeling there is what every creature you know the animals that can't talk. What every creature is feeling is this illumination. Because every creature is illumined. It's not enlightened, right? Every creature on earth is illumined. Not enlightened. Only man is enlightened. Man being mankind, man and woman. Every creature on earth, the black bird, blackbird that sings and I notice here in this country that it sings when the sun's about to go down its sweetest <laughs> really a glorious song do you know that that blackbird is singing its illumination it says I feel the well-being in me and I can't help but sing that life is good <laughs> you see that's what the blackbird's feeling well-being have you got any well-being in you you know, although you might have lost, and it'd be tragic to have lost your dearest little child, which could have happened, or your mum or dad, or even the dog that you loved. It makes no difference if you've lost something you love. It's a crushing sort of a blow. But that doesn't take the well-being out, does it? Hey? You know, underneath the crushing blow, you're still an ordinary man or woman. You were still an ordinary man or woman before you had the little child or met mum or dad. You know a three-month-old baby, it lies in its pram looking up at the ceiling, looking at nothing, gurgling away, not crying, just gurgling, looking at nothing for hour after hour. What do you think it's feeling? It's illumination, of course. That's why it's so contented to lie there, enjoying itself. Are you enjoying yourself? You see what you're a baby again. <laughs> yeah, you're a baby again. Unless a man or woman loses their life or returns back to being as a little child, they'll never find the kingdom of heaven. Well, that's fair enough, isn't it? You see how innocent you can become. Do you feel the well-being in you, man and woman, that is innocence? I know the problems are down in there and you'll be able to feel them in various parts of your body, you know. A bit of uh, 
discomfort over here. Well, don't worry, I know that's a problem at work. There's someone at work that's really you're not getting on with, or at home, you know, mum or dad, putting the emotion on you or something. Well, that might be up in your chest. But the point is that under all that acquired problems, that heavy existential stuff, life is still good. Isn't it? Now? Now? Right. So you go back to being the natural creature that you are by feeling your well-being, and that is illumination. The more that you can feel what I've been talking about, the more illumined you are. But if you want troubles and worries and focus on those and feel them in your body and ring up your friend and say, ah, oh, I'm really depressed today, then you are out. You've gone out. Your light no longer shines. And you know it because you're so depressed. But I ask you, when, that, when you are tempted to do that, would you sit on the edge of the bed and gather yourself looking out the window to see if you can see the black and white magpie or something out there or something to give you a clue? Will you sit there and gather yourself and say, look, I feel rotten. I know, well, okay, I'm telling you now that moods and rottenness and despair come in waves, right? Once you've started that sort of living as we have, until you get rid of it, it comes in waves and so you can't help a moody coming on, right? But when it does come on from now on, you'll be able to sit on the edge of the bed and don't believe in God and don't believe in what someone told you and don't believe in Barry Long, don't believe in anyone, but just sit down and have a look inside your body, which you don't have to believe in, do you? You only believe in what you haven't got. You believe you'll be all right tomorrow. Well, it hasn't come, has it? How about now? You sit on the edge of the bed and say, well, now, can I find anything that's good inside my body? Can I find any illumination that is the glow of life anywhere? And you'll be amazed that even if you can't feel it, you'll know it's there. Because the despondency often clouds it out and you can't even feel it. But there is a wonderful thing in this illumination, which as I say, becomes enlightenment. And enlightenment is both a feeling and an intuitive state, the two of them together. So you can know that you, that life is good underneath you, your despondency. And it will help you to cope with the mood until it passes, because it always passes. It'll only be there for a few hours or a day, and then it lifts. And the more that you feel your own illumination as the joy or goodness or rightness of yourself in that beautiful body, which it is, it's a beautiful little body. The more you do it, the more you will be able to throw off your moods much quicker until eventually they don't come anymore. Not because you believed in what some preacher said, right? Not because you believed in God. Not because you believed in some saint. Not because you believed in some positive thought. This is not positive thinking. This is the actuality. Life is good. How do I know life's good? Am I going to believe in it? It is good for I am life. Pass the jam, please. <laughs> so you first illumine your body. What is this illumination? 
this life. What is it? We must define it, mustn't we? Got to get right down so that you understand every single word I say, so that we have an utterly intelligent dialogue. What is this goodness that you're feeling? What is it? Its name is love. Don't believe me. Its name is love. For love is good. And love is good to me first, not to anyone else. Are you hearing me, man and woman? You're all trying to love someone else and be good to someone else. You haven't been good to yourself. How often today did you stop or did you walk down the street illumined and saying, this is good, it is beautiful in my body, life is wonderful in my body, not because I know it or just because the birds are singing, because the birds are singing out there to illumine me so that I feel what the birds are singing too. Thank you, bird, thank you, I agree, we've got a lovely dialogue going here. Bird, what you're singing about is what I'm singing about too. Life is good here now in this body. Did you do that today? That is loving yourself. Does that make sense? You see, we use these intellectual ideas of loving yourself and being kind to people, but we don't start with the reality, do we? That my own love is my own good feeling in this body, because if I do not love myself in there, if I have despair and despondency and mood and complaint and blame and resentment and anger. If I have that in there, it is a rotten, stinking poison. It's not just a light going out. It's a corrosive acid that burns even the filament out that could even go light up again. So, you heal yourself, right? You've got to get into your body, though, haven't you? My only body, it's all I've got, you know. Can you show me anything else that you've got, please? I'd like someone else to show me something that you've got. You're going to have some trouble unless you use your imagination and I'm going to destroy that immediately. (laughs) Pass the jam, please. My body is all I have because I always come back into it, no matter what sort of dreamland I go into, scientific land I go into, my X plus Ys plus two ABs plus all my logic and everything, in the night I shall wake up and where shall I wake up in my body? And I will know the dreadful weight of unenlightenment as it comes upon me, especially in the dark and says, and I say, where am I going? God, what's it all about? And here I am, a lord of the realm or a dame of the realm, and I've got all the degrees and all, and I've been worshipped by the entire press and world, and here I am saying, what's it all about? Well, it's about just getting in your body and feeling good, isn't it? Isn't it? What did you want? What do you go to work for? What do you go to work for? Pass the jam, please. What do you go to work for? You go to work for pleasure. Okay, you go to work to earn money then so that you can spend it on what gives you pleasure. You're looking for the good, which is pleasure, isn't it? Isn't the good a pleasure? Isn't love a pleasure? Well, love for me is a pleasure or or it's not love. And my life's a pleasure. Is yours? 
Well, my life's a pleasure every moment, yes. Because my life is here. In here. And I can feel a life in me. And life is good. And when I feel a life in me, then my body starts to glow with the goodness. And my lungs work, you know. And my feet work. And my body gets a harmony into it. Not for anyone else. I don't do this for anyone else. I do everything for myself. Because if I can get myself right in harmony, well, then it probably follows that I won't do anyone any harm. But if I'm a crippled inside, I'll end up crippling someone outside of me with my emotional lashes, won't I? Put the emotion on them, won't I? Why don't you love me more? What have you done this to me for? What are you doing to me? Oh, you've ruined my life. Oh, all that sort of emotional rubbish, violence. Now to go on from, illum from illumination, we've got the illumination thing going. We've got to see, well, what is this enlightenment? Now you will only feel illumination according to your lights, right? Could we just use this expression? You've heard the expression according to his or her lights, right? Now you can only do this thing according to your lights. Now according to your lights is this. Are you okay? You're with me? Because I'm going to tell you a very, very wonderful truth. And you see if it's the truth though. It's not true unless you know it's the truth. See, I've said you are enlightened. I've said you're a natural being. Beautiful. Have no problems. Nothing. That's your enlightened state. But I've said that you're you don't realize that you're enlightened. Now, why don't you realize enlightenment? Well, it's according to your lights. You see, if your light is not glowing very brightly, then it means your enlightenment's covered over. Now, your lights are the amount of unhappiness that you've got in you. You know, the amount of problems you've got in you. Because enlightenment is freedom from problems, so how many problems have you got, you know? Every creature's, or man and woman's, light is a different, uh, different brightness due to the, according to how much unhappiness they've got in them, how much lack of illumination or warmth, right? That's according to your lights. Now, if your light's dim, you're not enlightened. You know, enlightened means brightened or unburdened, doesn't it? And you see a horse and cart, the poor old horse struggling, and it's got a load of worries on the cart. And it's really struggling with this load, this burden. Well, that's a burden, you see. And if we suddenly tip the tr load back and it walked flat on the ground, that would be an enlightening, wouldn't it? So there's two sorts of enlightenings. They both add up to the same thing because if you drop the burden that you're carrying around with you and you love it, you know, you get enlightened. Because enlightenment is to have no problems. And burden is problem. You see, when you start to face this, you start to get rid of the nonsense that all the religions have put into you, that the scientists have put into you. Science and religion being the greatest sources of distraction and unhappiness for all men and women. Because they make you think that something is real, it's not real. Because we're talking about love, aren't we? We're talking about coming alive. No scientist ever brought you alive. They kept your body working 
that doesn't bring you alive. A working body is not necessarily alive, is it? In the sense of glowing with the beauty of life, not with vitality, because vitality goes, doesn't it? You know, you might get a disease and have to lie in bed for weeks, and you'll have no vitality. Because if, if happiness is dependent on vitality, I'll tell you, you're going to be unhappy because your vitality's going one day, isn't it? Into the wheelchair sooner or later? Well, I'm not special. It's got to happen. Now, when it happens, can I get in my wheelchair? And can I say life is good and not talk about the good old days? <laughs> I'm sitting on the chair. Is that the truth? Yep. And the lights are on? Yep. And I'm just here. Yep. Are you there? Good. This has been ordinary, you know. This is pretty ordinary, isn't it? <laughs> Nothing doing when you're ordinary. Or it seems that way, but at least there's no unhappiness, is there? Now, I tell you, man and woman, and don't believe me that I'm going to tell you the truth, if it is the truth, that to the degree that I can do this and be free of unhappiness now, only now, I change my life externally. That's how it works. That is the truth of life. Everything will be changed according to I, how I am prepared to illumine myself, not because I make myself illumine, but because it's already there and I discover it and live with it. That changes if I am good inside, and I'm not talking religious good, for God's sake, let's get rid of that. If I am good inside, and you know what it's good to be good inside, don't you? Comfortable, well-being, no problems. If I am good inside, that automatically, by the divine law, by any law that you like to call it divine, whatever you like to call it, that changes the circumstances out there in my external life. For as within, so without. And you start to bring some good into your life because you are in the state of goodness inside. Not religious goodness or moral goodness. It has nothing whatever to do with it. And the sooner you get rid of your conscience, the better. It was put there by the priests, by the Christian religion. You should have no conscience. What do you think of that? <laughs> so we've got to be honest and we've got to be straight and we've got to live life as it is. Then we start to glow. Are you glowing? You know, you're hearing any truth in this. The Western world, everyone lives a lie. They're all pretending everything's okay, aren't they? You know, pick the big smile onto the neighbour after the big argument all night, which you've heard going on next door. The heart is breaking. So, yeah, we're all doing it. That's the Western way, you know. Well, the other extreme, always being unhappy and telling someone your sad, sad story, which no one wants to hear, unless they can swap their sad story with you. <laughs> How's it feel? You see, I got nothing to give you. Only the truth. The goodness is in you. And the truth is in you. And when you hear the truth, you start to feel good. Because it's the truth of you and your life. And it's a matter of getting your life right, isn't it? Now you know what it is to be illumined. It's the feeling of feeling good. Which is the natural thing of life. We all know that the problems and the difficulties come for a long time. 
but underneath all the problems there's always the little heart is always beating connect with the consciousness of the whole body and you'll find that that is good for that is the consciousness that I am I have realized the consciousness of my body my heart, my blood, my every organ my vitality, I have realized that I am one with the great harmony that's enlightenment not traveling to Mars astrally anything can happen in the brain that's fine you can travel to Mars you can travel to the center of the earth that's alright anything can happen in the brain but the point is don't be unhappy 